Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Basically Blind. I'm your host, Avery. This is a podcast where I share my experience living with vision loss, and we also talk about other topics around diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. This episode's going to be dropping a little bit later than they normally do, because um, if you are legally blind and doing a podcast, um, sometimes the computer program will just randomly stop recording and you won't necessarily catch it because you don't see it happening. And that is, that's what happened when I recorded my original podcast yesterday (laughs) before Cam and I headed out because we had plans that night which was rare because we don't often go out on weeknights. That was something we did in our 20s. We would go out every weekend for sure. And then we had no problem meeting people up for dinner, going to bars, going to shows. And that is not the case anymore. Even though I'm not in school and I don't have any school-aged children, I have started to adhere to the idea of, no, it's a school night. I'm not going out. (laughs) So the fact that we actually went out on a weeknight, big deal. And I was on top of it. I recorded the podcast, had it all ready. And then we get back late. Cam is my sound engineer. So he does some of the end editing. And he breaks the news to me that There had been some sort of an error and the podcast had stopped recording midway through and it was too late to be able to hop on and fix it that night. So here we are. It did still have some of the original podcast, but honestly, I listened to it and it was garbage. Like it was not, it was not good. (laughs) There were a lot of ums and filler words. It oh, it was painful for me to listen to it. So I just turned to Cam and I go, delete it. I'll just re-record the whole thing. So that's, uh, that's where we're at right now is uh, this is take two. But it is a topic that I want to make sure that I dedicate an entire podcast episode to because I have had – Multiple people ask me about this, and some of these questions have been more recently as well. And this is the question around how do you go about offering help to someone with a disability? Because there's a lot of people that are afraid that if they try to help someone or intervene, that it's going to come off like they're assuming that they can't do it. You know, there's the assumption that, oh, you're in a wheelchair, you're blind, you're deaf, fill in the blank with the disability. You have this, so you're obviously helpless and I need to help you. They don't want that to be the message that's coming across. At the same time, it is so hard to sit there and watch someone struggle with a task that you know you could help them with. Something that can be tricky for me at times is like finding the the doorknob 
to enter into an establishment I haven't been to before, especially if it's like really bright out. My ability to see is incredibly dependent on how glary or bright out the the lighting situation. I'm very light sensitive. If it is way too bright, I really can't see much. On the flip side of that, if it's really dark, I also can't see too much of that. It was not always the case. My cones, for me, since I have cone rod retinal dystrophy, my cones, which are more of filtering of color and details, and then rods are more that kind of primal night vision type sense of scene. My cones started failing before my rods. So there was actually a pretty large swath of time in there when I was considered legally blind. But I could definitely see better at night than I could during the day. But now that my diagnosis is not cone retinal dystrophy, but is cone rod retinal dystrophy, that's that's no longer the case. The, the rods have decreased to a point that, yeah, if it's really dark and and if I'm going from really light to really dark, Jesus, take the wheel. Like it's not, it's, it's not good. It's really hard to navigate in those spaces. And those, those are great examples of when I do want to be able to rely on people that I'm with to be able to help navigate me. Because when I walk in between those different, uh, atmospheres, when it comes to light, I, I, I become truly, truly blind and can see almost nothing in those situations. Um, But, you know, friends can be worried that they're overstepping. For me, though, if someone is going about it the right way and they're offering to help me, it's a huge relief. It makes me feel better that I'm not having the spotlight put on me of something that I can't do. And I'm just knowing that I have support from people around me. And I think that that is what people really need to focus on. One of my main rules of thumb when you're thinking about, oh, well, should I help someone is just because they have the disability, that shouldn't be the main reason that you're not approaching someone to ask if they need assistance. Pretend they don't have one at all and whatever they're doing, they'd still be struggling with it. Would, Would you go up and still offer to help them? You know, someone is having a really hard time opening a door because maybe they have a bunch of groceries or someone gets themselves stuck in the snow. Someone clearly doesn't seem to know where they're going. I... I at least know that if I knew that those things were happening, I would approach that person and try to help them hold the door open for them. Maybe they can't reach something on a really high shelf and I go, hey, do you want, would you like me to help you with that? That, That's how I think of it is that if you would help anyone that is struggling with something, then go ahead and do that. There are times when people are struggling specifically because of their disability And in that situation, I guess what I can say the best thing to do is to offer 
to help. Offering to help someone gives them the option to say no. You are empowering them to say yes or no in the situation. If you just push yourself on them and, oh, no, no, let me do that for you. They're no longer in a power position. They can feel helpless. You can feel honestly worthless and that you you may internalize the fact that, oh, well, I feel this way and that's how everyone else views me. Do not do that. That's That's not productive at all. Offer to help people. When it comes specifically to people who are blind or low vision, ways that you can help would be to to offer to guide them. And Cam sometimes when we're walking around will want to hold hands. And I hate it. I, I Not from the standpoint of just us holding hands and, oh, it's PDA. And he, no, it's not that. It's that um, I don't feel super secure being guided just by holding hands. I prefer to grab onto the crook of his arm, his elbow, and to kind of hang on there. That makes me feel way more supported. And another another way that people will get around a lot of time if they have low to no vision is putting their hand on someone's shoulder and following them that way. It is an ongoing saga that I have brought up on multiple episodes around trying to get a handrail installed on the front steps in front of our place because there are multiple steps. It is a gray cement that the edges of the steps are not marked. I even tried to put down some tape to mark them and it came off immediately. When we're leaving the house to go take our dog for a walk, I will often put my hand, I'll have Cam go first down the steps and I will put my hand on his shoulder and I'll almost use that as a handrail in a way. It's letting me know that, okay, if he, okay, he stepped down here, it gives me those clues. Like I can feel the elevation changes and when he's going down and it, and it helps me to kind of balance myself too. So that's something to, to keep in mind. Never grab someone, like period, end of story, but never grab someone with a disability that you might be trying to help them. One, if this person does not know you, like if a stranger comes up to me and they want to help me, but they're helping me by like just grabbing me and moving me around, I am not going to respond well to that. I don't know you. I can't see you well. I don't know if you're friend or foe. That's a very uncomfortable situation for me. That's an uncomfortable situation for absolutely anyone. You should not be putting hands on anyone without their consent. But if someone has a disability and you're trying to help them, keep in mind that depending on what the disability is, they could have, you know, sore spots, sensitive spots on their body. And if you don't know this, 
You could try to help them grab that, end up hurting them or injuring them more. And so it's really important to make sure that you are asking to help them. And if they do say yes, then, you know, ask if there's any guidance on, you know, is there is there any specific way that I can help, like, support you? Like, would you like my arm? Would you like my shoulder? Um is there any spot that I can help lift you a bit? Whatever that is, make sure that you you get that guidance. Part of the reason that I really want to do this podcast is that I did do some extra research just to see what else is out there besides my own perspectives, which I, I give that disclaimer all the time. This is my experience living with vision loss. And And I take a lot of my lived experience and put it into what I put out on the podcast. I also have been formally trained in diversity and inclusion through a certificate program by Cornell University. But I always do try to make sure that I'm being as inclusive as I can. So that's why I went online and saw what else was out there. There are some solid resources. There are also some really really not solid ones, ones that just kind of talk about more of, and I guess I don't want to invalidate it because there is truth to it, but it was talking about this one resource I read. This It was this guide around how you can support friends or family members that have disabilities, and it was very much focused on like the emotional side of everything, not only for yourself, but for them. And that wasn't exactly what I was going for. And and I, I, I don't know if, I don't really know if that guide was really that helpful. I was, it seemed pretty flowery in the language. I don't, I don't even know exactly how to describe it, but it, it wasn't anything that when I read through it, I was like, wow, what an excellent viewpoint and look at all this knowledge that I never knew before I really didn't take anything new away from it I think the one thing was being mindful of uh if someone has sensitivities and accidentally hurting them if you moved them so we talked about how when it comes to you know helping someone with a disability that you need to ask to make sure that they they have that that power dynamic. If they do say yes, then you are making sure that you're assisting them in a way that they are comfortable with and a way that's not going to hurt them, what's best for them. On the flip side of that, if they say no, even if they are clearly having a very hard time with something, you got to let it go. You got to walk away. You have to respect that. You offered, they declined, and that is the choice that they have made. You have to keep in mind that when it comes to having a disability, at any point in someone's life, they could enter into that portion of the population. I was not born having a disability. It was something that... I came into that portion of the population at 10 years of age. And there are people that every day end up becoming 
disabled. And the less time that you have had to adjust to having a disability, the harder it can be at times to ask for help. Especially when you're going through that transition where this thing that you need help with, you're able to do so easily not that long ago, completely on your own. And it, and it can make you so mad. I, I went through that stage myself. My vision definitely did more of a dip after college, I noticed, because that's when my nystagmus developed, so the shaking of the eye. So my vision had been poor before that, but there hadn't been this element of this, this tremor in my vision, which if you can imagine that, it's just, you, you really can't focus on things well at all if your eyeball is constantly just shaking a bit. So there were things that I could remember you know, end of high school, early college doing that had been easier than when I was trying to do them you know, eight years down the line. My diagnosis is degenerative. That means it does get worse over time. And that is something that I have to work on dealing with every single day. What is quote unquote normal for me, it, that might be the case today, four years from now, may no longer be the case. That's really hard to cope with. So if someone is saying no, it's really not about you. It's about them. And I mean that in the most generous way possible and not trying to put blame, but instead trying to advocate for empathy because it can be really hard coming to terms with not being able to support yourself the way you once could. Does this mean that you're not going to have a high quality of life? No, not necessarily, but it, it takes some getting used to. So just keep that in mind. Put yourself in the perspective of someone else. Never assume there's a direct reflection of them just being a mean person and know that it, it's more that they're just going through a hard time right now. Or it could just, they could be just having a bad day. And I'll acknowledge, yeah, maybe they are a rude person, but don't necessarily jump to that conclusion. I, if you see someone, for example, to fall, I've had this happen to me. If, if they don't say, you know, if you're offering help or something and people say, no, I'm good. Same thing as if someone trips or falls, they're like, oh my God, are you okay? If they say that they're okay, accept that, back away, give them space. Don't hover. Don't continue to make comments on, oh, are you sure? That looked like a really bad fall. That was like really embarrassing. Are you sure? That was really, that was really bad. I'm already dying of embarrassment right now. Can, can you please step back and get back to going along your day so that I can pretend that this whole situation did not happen? If it was truly a really bad fall, 
I understand that maybe you want to pay attention to that person a little bit, make sure that they didn't get a concussion or something, but at the same time, just give them that space. So, you know, remember, do that. And if you do help someone, if you do, I I hope that they say thank you. I do. But do not expect that they will say thank you. Again, you don't know what they're going through in that moment. They could be in a hurry. They could just be incredibly flustered, forget to say it. And under no circumstances do you have the right to help someone, expect them to say thank you, and if they don't go, oh, by the way, you're welcome. You're having rude. You know, that that's exactly the reason why a lot of people don't like asking for help, period, end of story, regardless of disability. They don't want to be made to feel like they are a burden on people or that they're beholden to anyone else. I hate being indebted to people. Absolutely hate it. It, I've had to get used to it, but it, it took a lot for me to get comfortable having to ask people for help, having to ask people for rides places. If you have a friend or a family member or maybe even a coworker and you're doing an offsite somewhere and you know for a fact that they don't drive, maybe they have a disability, maybe they don't, but they just don't drive. Being able to really promote inclusion means taking that into account. And it'd be really nice if people could just offer rides to people before that they have to ask because I always feel really bad putting that on people at times. And usually it's not a big deal. But I've I've had instances in the past where people have held that against me. There Specifically, there was someone who I thought I was really good friends with. And she was apparently, and this was like back in high school, and she apparently was kind of talking trash about me to some people. And someone goes, I thought you and Avery were friends. And her response was, oh, no, we're not friends. She just uses me for rides everywhere. That was a thousand percent not the case. Uh, We will not get into details, but if uh, anyone took advantage of anyone in that friendship, it was not me. And um, we will leave that there. But, you know, those types of situations, they stick with you. They kind of haunt you. And you don't want to put yourself back into that situation. So, you know, never just... Do things because it's the right thing. Just be a decent human and don't expect that everyone is going to thank you for when you when you do it. Because if that's the case and you're going to get bent out of shape, you're clearly doing it for the wrong reason. You're doing it for the pat on the back and you should just be doing it because a fellow human needs help. So if you find yourself in that situation, maybe look in the mirror and um, do some deep, pensive thinking because that's really... It's just, you're going to lose friends, period. Like that's, that's what's going to happen. You're going to lose friends if that's the attitude you have because people really don't like just having things held over them, no matter if they have a disability or not. So there's that piece of it. 
I think one of the kindest things you can do actually to help someone who has a disability, whether you know them, whether they, you don't know them, is that if you're part of planning any sort of event, whether it's professional, whether it's personal, whatever it is, make sure that you are taking into account accommodations and accessibility during that planning process. The nicest thing you can do is make it so that someone isn't put in the situation where they have to ask for help. There are plenty of options there. There are maybe people like on point that are supposed to be helping and assisting and that is their entire job. You know, making sure that information that person might be interested in knowing is communicated out to them very directly early on. I I appreciate it so much when someone will say something along the lines to me of, oh, does, you know, and I will, I will make a point with this. They say to me one-on-one, don't ask for someone to um, give clarity on what their accommodation needs are in front of an entire group of people because that's really othering. You know, it's really being put on, on blast that you need things different from other people. And yeah, that's a part of me. But at the same time, like, I just, I'm just part of this group that, that is like, we don't need to, we don't need to single me out in front of everyone. But if someone takes me aside and they go, hey, I just want to make sure that this is going to work for you. Like, are you going to be able to easily get to this location and navigate this space? And I appreciate that so much. Just the, just the fact that they thought of me means a lot because that doesn't happen very often during the planning process. And so, yeah, make sure you're not singling out people. You're not making them feel like it's a big deal that they have to be accommodated in any way. Um, Just approach the whole situation with dignity. That's all anyone wants is just to be treated with some common decency and dignity. And if that's how you approach people when you want to offer them help or when you want to get some clarification on what's going to be best for them, you really can't lose. I've been in situations where people kind of will call me out in front of the group. And honestly, I'm less likely to actually tell you what I need because I just want this situation to be over because it's uncomfortable. And no one... No one really wants to be sitting there with all eyes on them, everyone listening. Keep that in mind. Would you would you want that? No. Again, empathy, decency, dignity. Just keep that all locked away at core, at the core of everything. So those are my my top tips when it comes to kind of navigating that space. I know it can be hard. I know it can be really hard and our our culture has gotten so politically correct that it can be really hard to know if you're using the right terminology, if 
by offering to help, you're actually insulting someone. So I hope that these kind of like rules of thumb do help guide you in this. Are there times that you could get into situations and you do exactly this and it doesn't work out? Yeah, there. that is a potential because every single person has different preferences. Talk about all the time is not a one size fits all. That's that's the core of equity is the fact that you give people what they need to be successful. Maybe someone needs a two foot box to stand on to be able to reach something, but someone else only needs a six inch box to reach something. Giving them exactly what they need to be able to reach that physical thing, whether whether it is physical or metaphorical. That is the basis of equity. That's the basis of accommodations, accessibility. And just remember that if someone is in a situation where it just looks like they need help, period, don't let the fact that they happen to have a disability be that barrier that makes it so you you don't actually offer help to them. I have been in situations where I've had to rely on people just stepping up and helping me out of the goodness of their heart because I I, I can't help myself as much as I would want to. One of the strongest examples I can think of is in one of the jobs that I had, part of my job was constantly having to run to the post office to get stuff mailed out. And it was one of the very first times I was doing this and I had some boxes that needed to be shipped out. And I I wasn't using stamps.com or anything at this point. So it wasn't just a matter of dropping it off, but I actually had to go up to the counter, have the postal worker assist me. And I had the address printed out on a piece of paper because I knew that you'd have to make a shipping label for everything but I didn't actually have it physically written on the package. And I didn't realize that that was going to be an issue, but it was. And you know, the, the person at the post office, they go, okay, well you need to make sure that you have the address of this on your, here's, here's a sticker that you can just like write the address on. I go, oh, well I'm actually legally blind. So I'm not actually going to physically be able to do that. Could you help me? And the person just looks at me and they go, no, but like, I'm not allowed to, it's a rule. Like I'm, I'm not allowed to help people with things. Now I get it. If someone is physically able to address something, yeah, that shouldn't land on the postal worker to have to do it. But if someone needs this, if they need assistance and they've called out exactly why, I think it is absolutely ridiculous to refuse to help them. So I'm sitting there. I haven't been in my job that long. I don't know what I'm going to tell my boss when I have to like walk back in there and say, oh, because of my vision, I wasn't able to fulfill this duty because that's a huge fear when you have a disability that if something's hard for you to do, that it's going to be held against you and you're not going to be seen as being capable of doing your job. So I'm I'm really getting in my head at at this point. And I was so lucky because there were two women around my own age, maybe a few years younger that were behind me in line. 
One of them was busy uh, addressing something on her own package, but she had a friend with her and she calls her over. She goes, hey, can you help her with her packages? And yeah, did she did she go to me? Go, hey, can I help you? No. But here's the thing. I already had asked someone for help and they declined to help me. So just swooping in and helping at that point, that that is the right move. That is because I have already verbalized that I need assistance and I wasn't being given that. I I will never forget that. I will never go back to that post office because it just I I don't want to support that that franchise there because it it was like a privately owned one too. So I don't even know if it's actually according to postal law that you can't help people or if it was just some some weird thing just at that location. But that was a time when someone stepped in and they helped me and the amount of gratitude that I felt towards them and it just makes you feel better about the world in general. You don't feel like you're all out here on your own, super vulnerable and being judged, but that there are people that they're going to help you along the way. And there was, and it was just, again, it was just kindness. Like they weren't looking for a thank you. They weren't looking for a pat on the back. They just saw that I needed help and they stepped in and they offered. So I hope that for some of you, that is the push that you need to, if you see someone struggling to know how to approach them, to, to do it in a respectful way. And just to recap, you know, if you see someone having a hard time, offer to help. Do not just force yourself on them, but offer. Never grab anyone, I mean, period, never grab anyone. But if someone has disability, if they are blind or anything, make sure that you are, you know, vocalizing, oh, hey, like, can I give you my arm? Can I help you? How can I best help you? Make sure you're asking questions so that you're operating with what that person is most comfortable with. And even though it can be really difficult at times, if you offer to help and the person says no, respect it. Respect it. Walk away. You you don't know what they're going through. Maybe the, the, Maybe it's really important to them that they need to be able to do this on their own. Or they're just not to a point where they're comfortable asking people for help. And that's fine. Or maybe it's not even the asking, but just the accepting help. Because those are two different things. Being comfortable with asking, that comes after getting comfortable from uh, accepting help. You know, I know for me that was definitely the case. So with that... Just a reminder that next week, the podcast will be a reaction to the movie Coda. I'm going to have Cam on the pod. And um, so make sure that you check that out if you are interested in watching it and kind of comparing my experience with it to your own. And just as a reminder, that can be viewed on Apple TV specifically. So you'd have to have access to that. And I know not everyone does, and I'm sorry, but it is a chance to watch a movie I really want to see and make some quality podcast content out of it. With that, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. 
Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you prefer listening to it on. Make sure you rate and review the podcast if you haven't already. It's one of the easiest way to help other people discover the podcast. Follow us on social media. There's a Facebook page as well as an Instagram at basicallyblindpod. And I'll see you next time. Bye.